This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And welcome in to Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking us out wherever you are with Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Produced, as always, by our guy, Jake Noaker, and we have no time to waste because it is finally here. UFC 296, and I got to tell you, man, this might be the best main card slash a couple of other fights of the entire year. They waited until, what, mid-December, but here we are, the main event, Leon versus Colby. We got Alex Pantoja, Brandon Royval, Shavkat Rachmanov fights Wonderboy, Patty Pimblett, Ian Gary, Bryce Mitchell, and a bunch of other dudes on the card. As I welcome in my co-host, Brendan Tobin, the champion, Leon Edwards, right now, is sitting at minus 160. Colby Covington is plus 130. I think a lot of public money over the next couple of days is probably going to come in on Colby, and I wouldn't be surprised if by the fight, time this fight went off, it's close to a pick em. Eh, Maybe Leon's a slight favorite because he is the champion, but I don't think it's going to be very big. Yeah. I mean, listen, on Thursday is the press conference. So we're like hours away from that. And that, I think everybody thinks that, you know, to, to steal his nickname chaos is going to ensue, not only because of the matchup here, but all the stuff going on with Ian Gary. And I just think it's going to be made for a lot of drama that could uh, really bolster the, uh, the fight. We got, I do think a lot of that is going to be uh, lightning rotted by Colby Covington. And uh, that could always lead to some action swinging, but um yeah, if you if you like him, I think this is probably the week. Uh, barring you know him like you know <laughs> turning an ankle or something on the podium, I would say this is oh, probably yeah. the week. Yeah, this would probably be the week where you want to get in on him if you do value him as a dog because he's very very good. I mean, he's never gotten to the absolute apex of the sport. He's been very very close. He's been an interim champ. He's gone uh, blow for blow with Kamaru Usman, who a lot of people regard as the uh, the best welterweight this side of George St Pierre. Um, and now he's taking on the guy that's beaten Kamaru Usman twice. So this is a fun matchup, man. It's a really, really close fight. It is a hard fight. It's a big time clash of styles, uh, big time clash of personalities. And I cannot wait for it. Whose style. And later on, we'll find out how Brendan's picking the fight, who he thinks going to win. If there's going to be a finish, I got to tell you, I feel really good about my pick. That's your Levine's lock actually coming up later on in the show. I know who's going to win this one. We'll see what Brendan has to say. Whose style do you think wins out? Because like you said, obviously Colby, the credentialed wrestler, Leon, he'll hit you. He'll kick you. Just ask Kamaru Usman. I tend to think this is a fight that stays on the feet. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That That is going to be the interesting thing. I I think if it stays on the feet, that greatly favors uh, Leon Edwards because I do think he has the advantage there. I think he's uh, shown that he is uh, very good at range and distance and can lure guys into big mistakes for sure. Um, and Colby's going to want to try and pick his pace. Like one of the things that's made Colby an absolute nightmare for strikers is just he's relentless on picking them up, putting them down, picking them up, putting them down. He doesn't necessarily like a lot of grapplers want to put you down and keep you down. He is totally fine with throwing strikes, getting you to the ground, getting you exhausted. It, it, it is a, it's a hell of a session that, that, that uh, strikers go through and he has made some of the best look really, really reluctant to throw because once you're exhausted, you let your guard down a little bit. You're, you put your hands down for the takedown. And then you're like, well, I don't want to get knocked out by Colby Covington. So they become gun shy. We saw it with Masvidal. Never seen Robbie Lawler look so gun shy in a fight as he took on uh, Colby Covington. And uh, I, I think that if Colby's having his best night, he'd want to do some of the similar stuff to Leon. 
main event equals five rounds. What if we get into the deep end? What if this thing goes into rounds four and five? At that point, whose advantage is it? Because Colby tells us he's the cardio king. I saw Leon kick Kamaru Usman in the head with like 20 seconds left in the fight. So if this thing gets into the fourth or fifth, does somebody have an edge? It's hard to imagine anybody having a cardio edge on Colby, but I don't think that you could ever question Leon's ability to dig down. I mean, the guy basically has the equivalent to the MMA Hail Mary of all time. And it would basically be like, you know, having that Hail Mary against like the 85 Bears. And you, you there's no shot they're going to blow this. And it, it happened. I mean, I was watching back UFC countdown this week. And I'm like, I still really don't believe what I watched when right. he did that. It still doesn't. It's, it's an all-time moment. He's got an all-time moment, and he's, and he's uh, you know, we've had him on the show. E easily a uh, great dude to root for, too. You could just see that uh, how much that one meant to him. I mean, it was it was really like out of a movie with his trainer talking to him in the corner, you know? So it, it, it's it's a Goosey's Galore moment of all time. Um, but, man, Colby just ne – I've never seen – you've never seen him really exhausted outside of, you could say – just Usman landing shots that broke his jaw, you know? So we know that Leon's a better striker than Kamar Usman is. It's just a question of, can he have the elusiveness to stay out of Colby's grip? You got your poker face on today, dog. I don't know which way you're going in this fight. Stay tuned later on the show. BT will give us his pick, but turn up your radio or your computer when I give you mine, because I guarantee I got the winner in the Leon versus Colby fight. Let's move on to the co-main event. Raw dog Brandon Royval back into the octagon as an underdog, plus 155, taking on the champ Alex Pantoja at minus 190. Again, you talk about a clash of styles. I saw Royval fight when he's in Kansas City. Love watching that guy. Really love watching both these guys fight. Yeah, the, the, these flyweight title fights are all action. They, uh, they, they, they feel like you could, like anything could happen. And then it's different fight one round going into the next round. Somebody else just has the betterment of it. And uh, talk about a rematch. I mean, Royval obviously wants to get right after the uh, the loss that he has to Pantoja. Pantoja's got to be riding high with getting the belt. It, it's a really, really fun matchup, man. I, I don't. This is one I'm genuinely like. I had a, I had a coin flip. I don't know. When's the last time we had a flyweight non Moreno or Figueredo involved fight? It's been a long been a time, while. right? We're yeah, talking about years on years on years. So we get some fresh blood, Pantoja and Raw Dog Royval. All right, Shavkat Rachmanov steps into the octagon as a huge favorite. Dude, have you seen what this one's up to? Minus 600 right now at BetMGM. He's a minus 600. So if Wonderboy can pull this one off, he's plus 425. It'll be one of the biggest upsets of the year. It's crazy because Wonderboy is probably on the short list of the best strikers that have ever stepped in the octagon. He's got a great highlight reel. He can finish you with elbows. He can kick you. He's a karate expert, been a black belt since he was in the womb. And all that being said, I think everybody's going to take Shavkat to knock him out. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is with Shavkat, if you guys haven't watched him fight yet, and I do think that he still doesn't really get the the rub that he deserves. And, and he's I don't 17-0, undefeated in undefeated. every fight. Dude, he every every fight, and you never know, he's genuinely like one of these guys. You don't know how he's gonna go finish it. You just know that he's gonna go finish it. And in fact, I find it a little crazy that in some of the odds right now that decision is somehow uh is is uh, closer odds than it is for KO. So if you like Shavkat by KO, I think people are probably just giving the respect there to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, so maybe that's something that piques your interest because the dude finishes fights, and I say this as a guy who is a huge Wonderboy fan. Sean has made fun of me for this because I watched him one time against Kevin Holland in Orlando. And I just was like, this guy's going to win. I need him to have his swan song title. Um, this is not the matchup. I thought he was going to get, this is like, <laughs> this is this, the, you know, Shavkat is, is, is a shark dude. And I think a lot of people are going to get introduced to him on this stage. This does feel like a bit of a showcase for him. You know, it's funny because people will talk about uh, the Patty Pimblett, Tony Ferguson fight as like, Oh man, feel bad for Tony in that fight. I don't know, man. If it were to go with young killer versus old guy that you may want to feel bad for somebody, it might be Wonder Boy getting in there with Shavkat. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a big ask, I think, for Wonder Boy in this one. If Wonder Boy wins this fight, though, then I gotta give you your flowers. And I think he calls out for the belt and I think he gets a shot at it. That's what makes it so interesting, is I'd be shocked if it happens, but I literally think if he wins. 
and I'm not just saying this because he's your guy and he's a friend of the show and he's a great guy. I legitimately think Dana gives him a shot at the title after that. I think so too. And I think it would be a fun matchup between, you know, whoever, if he, if he were to fight Leon Edwards, I think that's a great matchup. If he were to fight Colby, I think that's right. a fun matchup. I think that, so I think that wonder boy getting that last crack of the belt is a good one. The only guy who really can cry over this is Bilal Muhammad, which, you know, I get it. He would have a huge gripe of it, but, but. Come on, dude. Bilal's not going anywhere. I mean, Wonder Boy's pushing 40 if he's not 40 already. Um, you got you gotta give him if he beats Shavkat, that's the I don't think I don't think Shavkat can do anything to he could go and beat Steve Wonderboy Thompson in 10 seconds. I don't think that he deserves to get the title shot over over Bilal Muhammad. Ian Gary could, you know, shoot fireworks out of his butt while getting a KO. I don't think that he deserves to get the shot over Bilal Muhammad, but if Steven Wonderboy Thompson pulls off a win over Shavkat, that dude deserves to leapfrog. I saw my buddy Sear do that in college one time at a frat party. Fireworks right out of I'll tell you about it after the show. It was the crazy. And he ended up at the hospital. Half of, of his track got singed closed. Craziest thing I've ever seen. That's Brendan Tobin on the sports machine, Sean Levine. You mentioned pushing 40. Tony Ferguson comes to mind he's a plus 240 underdog against patty the batty pimblet at minus 300 before i figure out later on the show how you're gonna pick this what kind of public money do you think comes in do you think we're talking about pretty even yeah i'm curious this is one of those where i'd like to see what the influence is uh on the press conference and see like if that sways anybody um just because i think they are two guys it's funny because tony's a very beloved fighter nobody's uh it, it, this is not a guy who anybody is rooting against. It's just everybody kind of has this idea of, well, should he have hung it up already? Sure. Um, but I don't know if he's necessarily taken on like the most dangerous guy in the world. Like Patty Pimblett is, you know, he's a submission guy mostly. Like he'll throw some strikes. He's a little bit awkward, but I don't, it, it's not like he's going in there with like Francis Ngannou and, uh, or even like a Hamzat. I, I, I do think that. Well, I don't know if he's going to win. I don't necessarily feel like he's going to be in a lot of danger here. I think this is a pretty interesting matchup of styles. And the one thing that's tough with Tony is, you know, we're all just reaching for moments with him over this six fight losing streak. And he's had some moments. It's not like he's been, you know, completely inept as he, he probably was a couple of fights where, you know, Justin Gaethje just put it on him and Oliveira and Benil Daryush. But in the other fights, all right, there was some there was some flashes there. You just wonder, I don't know if David Goggins is going to be the, the secret sauce to him, but if he could just put it over uh, a three-round fight, could he win two of them? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know if I feel great about it, but maybe. I mean, there were flashes in the Chandler fight, and then all of a sudden there wasn't. And he got kicked right in the chin in the slow motion photo that we've all seen where he looked like all of our grandfathers in their final days. I mean... I just don't think Tony Ferguson's chin has much left. And I'll see. Let's see what round Patty finds it in or if he chokes him out. But I think Patty probably finishes the fight. We'll give you our official predictions later on in the show. You mentioned Ian Machado, Gary, minus 375, taking on Vicente Luque. This feels like a real barometer, really, for both guys, where if Luque can win, he can say, see, I told you I was this good. No way I should be a minus a plus 280 underdog. That does look a little off. Ian Gary even though he's had a weird couple of weeks, feels like he's got a lot of people, a lot of the betters in his corner, BT, minus 375 for Machado. Yeah, and I, it, look, he's the young lion here. This is the guy who... He's really good, really good. I don't want yeah, to take yeah. that away from him. He's really good. Really good, like just turned, just turned 26 years old uh, three, three, four weeks ago. So the guy's got a bright future uh, ahead of him. Everybody seems to think so. It's just a question of... It's interesting that he's fighting on a Colby Covington card. A lot of people will compare him to Connor, obviously, but Connor was always kind of nasty, like right out of the gate and would be like, you know, Colby had that personality flip, you know, and with Ian, it kind of feels like with the last fight, the wearing the Jeff Neal shirt the thing with Neil Magny, it felt like he's like, all right, it's enough of this nice guy business. Nice guy doesn't pay the bills. The, it's the pot stirrers. It is. I mean, like he's right. If that is what he's going about, like he looks at his countryman and Connor, he looks at Colby Covington and he looks at, you know, Sean O'Malley uh, to a degree, the pot stirrers are the guys who get the attention. They get the headlines. It's just a matter of, can you deal with the booze and can you deal with guys 
calling you out and digging up your dirt and can you fire it back worse at them? And so it's interesting that with Ian, I'm almost looking forward to how does he handle himself on the Thursday press conference as much as how does he handle himself in the cage? Because you have two guys here that know each other very well. They both trained down here in South Florida, kill cliff. Um, it's, it, it, you know, they, they, they out of everybody have seemed like they're very cordial with one another. So that's kind of interesting that they've gone into this very, uh, nice and respectful. Um, so I don't know if that stuff outside the cage is going to weigh on him too much, but it, it, it's, it, it is a test because when you talk that much, you do have to back it up. And if you're the best at it and it works out for him, like it has for Colby and it has for Sean O'Malley and it has for Connor, man, sky's the limit. He's going to get a lot of headlines. He's going to get main events. He's going to get it all. But if you lose or you don't have a good performance, then you kind of got to deal with Patty Pimblett is dealt with, which is people will turn on you. People will, will uh, pick at everything you do. So it, it's a, it's an interesting game that these guys play. That's just your main card, y'all. We've also got Bryce Mitchell, Josh Emmett, Cody Garbrandt, Brian Kelleher, and a bunch of other good fights that we'll talk about, break down, and give you some winners on the other side. Keep it right here. You're locked into the BetQL Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. And welcome back in, everybody, to Tapped Out right here on the BetQL Network. Brendan Tobin here with you alongside Jake Noaker, and we are going to bring in. It's not a pay-per-view week if we don't bring in one of our favorites. Big Marcel Dorf joining us here on the program. Marcel, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure to do this with you guys. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, great card we have coming up. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Let's just hit to the, uh, the main event first, man. Leon versus Colby. I've been, like, waffling on this one uh, since it's lead-up because, like, I really believe in Leon. I think he's really talented. I mean, how can you doubt a guy doing what he did to Usman? But, you know, I've seen what Colby can do to good strikers, and he can exhaust him and frustrate him. So where do you lean on this one, man? Who do you think is going to take the main event this week? Yeah, it's a tricky fight, man, because I feel like both guys have a really good shot to win this one, to be honest, man. Uh, the thing is, like, um, if, if you look at the past fights, it's hard to compare, you know, because Leon uh, beat Kamaru twice, right? But we got to give Kamaru credit in those fights as well, you know, that first fight he was winning until the head kick. I, I think, you know, he only clearly lost the first round. And the, the the second fight was pretty close. I think Leon won, but was close, you know, in my opinion. If you look at Colby, listen, Colby uh, last fight was like I think over 20 months ago against uh, Jorge Masvidal. Fight he won pretty clearly, you know. Got dropped, I think, close in the fourth round. He got dropped, but uh, he said he took a knee for the first responder. So uh, yeah, <laughs> what can I say about it? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I feel like Covington might be a difficult opponent man for Edwards and that's because of the pressure I think uh Colby has cardio for days we all know that and uh, many people will probably say like he hasn't fought for a long time but I don't think he has he said he, he, he said still you know what I mean I think uh, he developed and the thing is with with Leon we know how his game plan is he's a very like uh and this sounds disrespectful but I don't mean it that way he's very basic and with basic I mean he's good pretty much every all around is a better word probably he's pretty all around you know but I think Kobe is more of a better ground fighter, and I think Leon has the advantage in the stand-up. But I think that Kobe can pressure him against the cage, trying to get him to the ground, and he can probably do that for 25 minutes, unless Leon lands something good, you know, and he can finish the fight. So I'm leaning towards Kobe by decision in this fight. You know, that's how I lean. But if you ask me to put my house on it, I would never do it because it's it's too close of a fight, in my opinion. All right, so let's say you're right. Colby wins by decision. He's the new champ. Leon's already said he wants to move up, so this is a two-part question. One, who do you see Leon fighting up at middleweight? And two, who would you like to see uh, Colby get a first defense against? Um, I mean, 
first of all, I don't want to see Leon go up if he wins this fight. That that's the first thing already. You know, I don't think that should be that should be happening. Uh, if he loses and he will go up in uh, in middle at middleweight, um, yeah, I think there are so, there are so many possibilities. You know, in middleweight there are all new challenges. You know, uh, you can, can give him somebody in the top five. You can give him somebody in the top ten. You know, I would give him, for example, maybe a, a Marvin Vittori. You know, because Marvin Vittori is actually still ranked high but he lost his last fight pretty clearly to jared cannon here you know so i mean that would be a good fight i think it's a european fight matchup they can do a fight night in europe with those two you know so i think that would be that would make sense uh, for colby man i mean you cannot deny below anymore you know you just cannot yeah. in my opinion and i know people don't like his style of fighting but you know i'm a purist you know i think if you deserve a title shot you should get it and i think he deserves it you know uh, people will probably say like but what if shafkat wins uh spectacular against thompson i still think below deserves it more you know and uh listen as much as i love I love to see Shafka doing well because I think he's a super uh, 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 action-packed, entertaining fighter to watch, you know. And I don't think Bilal is super entertaining, but at the same time, Bilal has those wins, you know. He has those wins against uh, against Gilbert Burns. And people say Gilbert was injured after the first round, but that's not to Bilal's concern, you know what I mean. He won that fight, and that's what that's what matters to him and actually should, should be what mattering. Um, yeah, so Bilal should be the, the next in line, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Yeah, because we got a couple of uh, we got some exciting action this weekend with a division with some young stars coming up with Ian and and with Shafkat, but it does feel like this is kind of their coming out party. I don't know if either one of their wins, Marcel, lets them on that. Hey, now they get to the title shot yet? I think this is supposed to be like, hey, this is their introduction, almost like a you know next one, next a big fight, main event fight, and then they start getting into the title picture. Because as much as you know everybody and you know how awesome everybody these guys are, I don't think that they're quite cooked yet for a for a, a main event championship fight. It, it feels like it'd be crazy to deny Bilal. I completely agree with you, man. I mean, uh, Bilal has paid his dues, I think, in the division. He, sh he showed that uh, he, he, he won against people that people don't get, gave him a chance against. I remember the rematch against Luque. I, I was pretty high on Luque in that fight, you know, and he, he completely shut him down, you know. And in Burns' fight, he also completely shut Burns down, you know. So... We cannot, he cannot deny Bilal anymore, in my opinion. You know, and with Shafkat, I think Shafkat is closer to the title fight than, than Ian Gary is, to be honest. You know, at the same time, Shafkat is fighting down here, so he's fighting Thompson. But I mean, Thompson is still a huge name, you know, to have on your resume as a win, you know. So I understand it from that perspective. And for, for Ian Gary, I mean, Vicente Luque, he's higher ranked than him. Uh, as a chance for him to get closer to the top 10, I think. I, I think Gary is just outside the top 10, right? He's somewhere between. 10 15 i guess yeah 11. i think that's about right yeah 11 yeah so this is another uh, step for him if he can uh pass that step in the right direction so yeah we'll see man i, I mean at least we got some new contenders yeah the only one the only guy i think can leapfrog is if wonderboy knocks out shavkat <laughs> that's the only and i know these guys make fun of me all the time i'm in the bag for wonderboy he's a delight but like he's old if he knocks out shavkat somehow marcel that's the only guy I think should leapfrog Bilal. You beat the boogeyman. Nobody gave you a shot in hell to beat him. If he does something crazy like that, he's the only guy I think could deserve a title shot over Bilal. You're not wrong. You're crazy, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I think Bilal would be super mad because Bilal beat Thompson. <laughs> You know, so he would be super <laughs> mad. But uh, at the same time, yeah, man. I mean, if Thompson wants to make his last run, probably in a division, he has to win this fight. And spectacular, probably. And I mean. Despite the UFC last time, I think Dana kind of crapped on, on Thompson because of that fight against Pereira. I remember, um, yeah. I, I still they 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 they're still cool with each other, you know. So um, if Thompson does a great work against Rockmanov, it's possible. It's possible, definitely, man. But uh, I think it will be very tough, man. But hey, you never know. People get gave Thompson uh, like when he when he fought Kevin Holland, I think last December. You know, many people were like, "Yeah, Thompson is washed." Thompson won that fight, man, and he looked good yep. in that fight. So, I mean, we will see. I think it will be – I don't think – it's a tough task for Rachmanov, this one, man. And it depends how we approach the fight, of course, because I think if he grapples with Thompson, he has a big advantage. But if he goes stand and bang with him, you know, Thompson is super technical, man. You, you cannot just stand and bang with a guy like Thompson, you know. And then Marcel, I mean, it's a stack card, but 
yeah. see on Twitter, people are saying Ferguson and Pimblet is the the people's main event. So, do you have do you see any chance for Tony Ferguson in this one? Like you know, two years ago we'd be like, oh, Tony Ferguson's a minus five hundred favorite, and now he's a big underdog. He's got David Goggins, the meme guy, in his corner. Like, what's gonna happen in this fight, dude? Ah, oh, man, I mean. I hated it when it where it was announced for the simple reason that you put a guy with a six fight losing streak against a guy with a six fight winning streak. At the same time, when you look at the wins and the losses, Tony fought the who is who is in the division. You know what I mean? And he lost to those guys. And Pimblet fought like borderline UFC fighters, except for Gordon, which is a good one, you know. But all these others, I mean, Levitt. Okay, but I don't see him cracking any top 15, top 20, 20 soon. I think Van Romini and Vargas are not in the UFC anymore. So um, it's it's like it's difficult, you know. I, I feel like if you ask me, if you put a, if you put a gun to my head and say who is going to win, I probably pick Pimlet by decision, you know. But I see, listen, man, if Ferguson can implement his game plan and can look like he looked early in the fight against Bobby Green, for example. Or he can get that Ferguson back who looked like in the first round against Chandler. He can get it done, man, because I still think Paddy isn't like top 20 material, top 25 material even. I know the UFC thinks he is, but uh, the UFC thinks more sometimes. But uh, now let's let's be honest, man. In my opinion, he didn't want the Jared Gordon fight, you know. Um, but then at the same time, he got that W behind behind his name, you know. And you never know where it goes, you know. I remember, and many people disagree with me, I don't think O'Malley beat Priyadoyan, you know, but no, O'Malley's the champ now. Yeah, O'Malley's the champ now, and he deserved it by knocking out Sterling, in my opinion. But the way he went there is not the way he should have went there, you know. In my, that, that's just my opinion, you know. But we can't say anything because he knocked out the champion, and if, if somehow Paddy gets past Ferguson, you know, next fight if Paddy beats Ferguson, you know Joe Rogan's going to introduce him, Paddy Plim Pimblet. The man who beat former interim champion Tony Ferguson, you know, and then he has that on his resume, and that's even more hype for a lot of people, you know what I mean? But to give me my to give come to the conclusion, sorry guys, I'm rambling too much. A decision for Paddy Pimblet, I think, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ferguson wins. And I have to be not biased, but man, I'd love to see it if Ferguson wins. Oh, it'd be awesome. Everybody, like, who's not, like, everybody, this is one of the most fan-friendly fighters, and to see him on these hard times sucks. I'd love to see Tony just get back in the win column. It'd be, it'd be, and, yeah, it sucks for Patty because everybody's kind of already on his ass about the last fight, but, man, it would be so cool for Tony to get that moment. Yeah, for sure, man. But, yeah, the thing is, listen, man, with, with, with Patty, Patty doubles down on, on the on the. You know, after after that fight, he's like, "Yeah, it was a clear win. It was a clear win. Uh, should we? I should have got fight of the night." I was like, "Dude, come on, man. you know, I, I, we all know that the UFC loves you, and you can try, yeah. but that wasn't even close to a fight of the night." Um, and you was lucky with the win. Just take it and be like, "Listen, if I get a win that I don't deserve, I was like, yeah, it was a close fight, you know." I, I got the win. Let's move on, you know. But he even got called out, Jared Gordon, like, "Yeah, you, you piece of uh, whatever, you know. We gonna rematch." It's like, dude, come on, you know. But uh, I shouldn't say too much about Paddy because we already had our differences. Because people are gonna say I'm anti-Paddy, so you know, let's not say anything anymore. I'm curious about this, Marcel. So a guy who's, I guess, maybe kind of dealing with some of this stuff, but it felt like he was beloved. Now maybe he's dealing with some backlash. Is Ian Gary? with all the stuff going on with the gyms and the negative press and the beefs. How much do you think this stuff is going to affect him in this week? I see him and Luke feel like, you know, it's this really positive piece. Luke has been cool with them. Uh, do you feel like all the distractions from the weeks leading up to this is going to matter in Ian Gary's performance against Vicente Luque? To be really honest, I really cannot read Ian Gary. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, I think to many people it would uh, take its toll, you know, but at the same time, I don't feel any sympathy, you know what I mean, uh, for, for, for the he brought up, you know, you, if you, if you can't dish, if you, if you dish it out, you have to accept it sometimes as well, you know, and there are some, a lot of false narratives that like, uh, he got, the, he got the name of his for, for, he got the last name of the ex of his, uh, the ex of his wife, you know, that's her maiden name. That's not, the, <laughs> that's not true, you know, but I mean, 
the way he replied to it, it's like that people keep on going after him, you know, and now he's uh, putting out a promo. I don't know if you guys saw that on his Instagram, like, oh, I'm not bothered. You know, if you're not bothered, you don't talk about it, you know, you know, I'm bothered sometimes by people, but I'm just letting it go. If I talk about it on Twitter, for example, you know, people will come after me because they love it when you're bothered about something, you know, it's just the way it is, you know, and definitely with Gary, but talking about Jeff Neal and then about the Neil Magny thing really annoyed me actually you know Jeff Neal I was like yeah okay not my style but whatever but the Neil Magny thing it even he's even in trouble with the custody of his kids because of that you know and that that's really like pretty much crossing the line to me you know and uh, to even double down again after afterwards like I didn't say anything wrong I was like dude you know and now we got Sean Strickland behind his ass I mean and then he's gonna ask Sean Strickland to apologize via DM I mean what did you think would happen when you go to Sean Strickland's DM and ask for him to for to apologize it's like it's getting even worse you know it's just stupid so but listen the fighter Ian Gary is super talented you know you cannot say anything about it he's super talented you know and he has a, he, he got a, his chin he, he got tested against Song Kanan that chin you know almost got knocked out came back and knocked Song Kanan out and uh, the Rodriguez fight was impressive the Magni fight I really feel in the Magni fight that he could have finished him but he didn't because he wanted to punish him more you know that's the feeling that I had and I don't like that either you know so for me it's like do I think he beats Vicente Luque? He, he, I feel like he doesn't accept fights if he don't think he's going to win. He, he knows how Vicente Luque fights. He trained with him before. Uh, Vicente Luque, one of the nicest guys ever. You know, I interviewed him as well. I mean, I made a big mistake starting that interview with Vicente Luque, you know, and I'm like, can I please do it again? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. No problem. It's like, okay, cool. Because I forgot who he was fighting again. Sorry if I can't say that. <laughs> I, I was in my introduction, you know, and I was like, yeah. Vicente Luque, he's fighting. I was like, what's, what's Jeff Neal? And I was like, I kind of completely draw a blank. So I was like, uh, he's fighting on this Saturday's card against a very good opponent, uh, Jeff Neal. I was like, Vicente, please, can I do this again? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem, bro. I said, thank you. So he's a super cool guy. He could have said, like, dude, what the hell are you doing? But, um, yeah, I mean... Listen, Vicente Luke has all my sympathy. I think he's a great fighter. He came back after that uh, brain uh, that uh, brain hemorrhage he had, you know, and he looked good against RDA, you know, in my opinion. But this is like a young guy, a guy with a lot of dreams who he's going to fight against, and a guy with a chip on his shoulder now because, man, that press conference is going to be nuts on Friday. You know, yeah. it's going to – on, on Thursday. It's going to be nuts, you know. Um and I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it, how he holds himself there, you know. Um, but I think he's very talented. I don't like the persona he's trying to put out, but I like his fighting style. So I think he's going to win. I don't think he finishes Luke. I think he gets him to a decision. But, uh, yeah, I think he will win the fight. So uh, I would say Ian Gary by decision would be my, uh, my goal here. He's Big Marcel Dorf. He is one of our favorites on the program. Go follow him on X at Big Marcel 24. Thanks for the time, my friend. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, whenever you need me, you know to find me. Thanks, guys. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. With Brendan Tobin on the sports machine, Sean Levine, and all sorts of stuff going on in the world of combat. Lots of fight announcements this week, BT. Let's go ahead and get to them. Coming up on February 17th, Marab is back in the octagon taking on Henry Cejudo at UFC 298. Do you have an early lean on that one? Yeah, I'm going to lean Marab. I mean, I think Marab is, is, you know, probably should be fighting for the championship right now. I think he's... he's uh you know, kind of getting hosed on the, uh, the grudge match. And so that's why he's not in there. But I think that, you know, Marab, he stole Sean O'Malley's jacket. And I think he's sitting there uh, pretty with this number one contender spot. Um, man, that guy, his last time out against Piotr Jan, I mean, he was so dominant and I don't know, man, I don't know. Henry, it's cool having Henry back. I don't think it's hit quite as much as people thought it would. But I, I just think Marab's uh he's that dude right now. And I and I I lean him in this early going. You remember what the odds were going into that fight you were just talking about? Marab versus Piotr Jan? I don't. Dude, Marab was a plus three fifty. Crazy. 
he was a huge underdog, and he went out there and whooped that ass. Then he got injured. Then he didn't want to fight Aljo. You're right. He probably should be fighting for the belt. All right, let's move on. UFC 299. Where's that one taking place? Remind me. Ah, right here in the 305, my friend. Damn right. It's going down in Miami. Main event, Shook Sean O'Malley, the rematch versus Cheeto Vera. Did you see O'Malley uh, tweeted out, I think it was last night, maybe this morning, that he'd be very surprised if he doesn't knock out Cheeto Vera. I'm very surprised that he had to vocalize that. I mean, doesn't everybody think that's his plan? I would think so. I mean, I, I think like, look, Sean O'Malley is uh, coming off a, a great knockout to win the championship. I think he's obviously got to eradicate a lot of stuff with this one. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Cheeto. Cheeto is, I'd love to see Cheeto win the championship just because he's, uh, he, he just, I, I think is, is just, just a real one. He's been on and, the show twice. He's come on twice. Yeah, I, I really like Cheeto Vera, and I think it'd be awesome if he won the championship. But I do think he plays with fire in these fights. I think that he starts too slow. He looks for the bomb. He looks for the home run. I think that's a dangerous game against Sean O'Malley, uh, especially, uh, you know, a Sean O'Malley who's a little bit more seasoned now, is a, a little bit older. And, um, you know, we saw this with uh, with uh, with Sandhagen, you know, like you, when you have a guys who can measure distance like that, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta get him some respect early on. You can't just sit there and be picked apart the whole time. So I am, uh, I, I think that Sean does have a little bit of an edge going into this one, even with Cheeto having the win on his resume against him. O'Malley's resume though, is really, it's starting to get really cool because he told us he was going to do this. He had to look, it was the plan, but most of the time that never actually comes to fruition. You start to look, you mentioned beating Piotr Jan, wildly impressive at that time. Jan was top 10 pound for pound. I mean, you took the you knocked out Aljamain Sterling. It's, he's he's starting to get some pretty good wins on that resume. Obviously, the highlight reel has always been fun. Uh, Jack Della Magdalena versus your boy on that card, Gilbert Burns in Miami. Gil fighting in Miami, man. I mean, shh. I don't want to say there's a lot of pressure, but that feels a lot like Derek Lewis fighting in Houston. If you know what I'm saying. I see what you're saying, but the last time he did it, he did it against, you know, Miami's favorite son, Jorge Masvidal, and he dominated him, you know? So I think that, uh, I think Gilbert is going to have a, uh, a, you know, a, a fun time there. He might have uh, the, his old, uh, friend Raheem Mostert, the touchdown machine for the dolphins, uh, ringside octagon side form. Uh, a lot of the stars are going to come out for that fight that night. But I think that Jackson, that's an interesting fight, man, because, you know, Gilbert is kind of going in there and this just speaks to the, uh, the badassery that is Gilbert Burns, because it's like, what does Gilbert Burns really get out of fighting Jack Della Maddalena? Who's what 11th right now, I think at welterweight. So he's really on the up and up. He's kind of on the, the shell of the up and comers and, you know, very talented. We saw what he did. He got his win last time against uh, Kevin Holland, but you know, I was kind of surprised Gilbert took the fight to be honest with you. I was like, really? That's, that's interesting. Now, maybe he looks at the last couple performances of Jack. He hasn't been as uh, dominant. He hasn't been as devastating as he was on the early come up. But um, I don't know, man. That's 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 an interesting matchup for me. But I, I, the one thing that you got to be concerned about with Gilbert is he's coming off a shoulder injury. And, um, you know, that's not the easiest thing to come come back from, especially a guy who's a good grappler like him. So interested to see how that goes we know magdalena is uh got some of the best boxing in the pocket out of anybody in mma so be interesting be interesting uh clash of styles but i don't think the atmosphere in miami is going to get to go but i think if anything that benefits him dana's hooking you guys up down there in south beach so great main event o'malley cheetah jack della magdalena versus miami's own gilbert burns and then he just added curtis blaze versus childton almeida and I would have told you that every fight Gileton Almeida gets in is going to be violent and fun and awesome until I saw him fight Derek Lewis. And then I'm like, ah, maybe not all of them. How do you expect the fight versus Curtis Blades to go? I think after that fight versus Lewis, I think Blades is just a notch above. It's close, but I think Blades wins the fight. Really? Um, I, do. I don't know, man. I, I still think, you know, I, I think that uh, Almeida probably fought that Derek Lewis fight the way you should, which is like, Dude, it was Let so me, boring. I um, know it was boring. Worst, I get one of the worst fights of the year. I understand. But when you're fighting Derek Lewis, we see those the France Ngannou too. Like you're fighting Derek Lewis. It's almost like you're taking on. Do you, do you want to get into a, a point match when you know you could just run the ball and win the game? Do you want to do something stupid where the ball can get picked off? No. What you want to do is just be boring, 
get the win. Don't do what the Dolphins did this week, which is get too cute and blow a 14, uh, blow a 14 point lead, which hadn't been done in 737 games. So what you want to do is just get the win. Let's move on. This wasn't even the fight I was supposed to have. So now he's in this big Miami card. Brazilian crowd's going to be crazy there. A ton of Brazilian fans down here in South Florida. I think that uh, I think for him, this is the one that he's he's been waiting for this opponent. I think that he can have a much better performance against Curtis Blades this time around. Big boy's going to bang it out at UFC 298. Tai Tuivasa and Marcin Tibora. I think Tuivasa knocks him out because I say that every time Tai Tuivasa gets in the octagon. I think he knocks him out. Needs it. I mean, we talk uh we talk a lot about the uh you know the knockout, the big boys. He has a lot of he's Derek. streaky, isn't he? He is streaky. He's got a lot of Derek Lewis to him. It I really think does. that that he uh you know he needs to uh get right, get a uh get a good win under his belt. Marcin Tibora seems like about the uh the quality of fighter that he should be taking on. And if he does get him, you know, we could be getting shoeies, but right now he is on a three-fight losing streak, lost to Cyril Gone. Great fight. Back and forth, probably the most competitive. Pavlovich was not competitive at all. He lost in less than a minute. And then Volkov, he got choked out. So he is in big need of a win. Love Volkov. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine. Talk a little fighting, make a little money here on Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking out the show. Dan Ige versus Lerone Murphy. That's coming up on February 10th. 50K Ige versus Lerone Murphy. And then also Hanada Moicano at UFC Vegas 85 will be taking on the best jaw in the business, you know, jawline, if you will. Drew Dover versus oh, Renato Moicano at UFC Vegas 85. That's coming up in February. Let's do a quick recap of what we saw last week, BT. Song Yadong, unanimous decision over Chris Gutierrez. I don't know why, man. I got to admit, I got way too creative right before that fight went off. I was like, you know what? Gutierrez is a 4-1 to underdog. I don't know if Song's that good. I guess he is that good. How good are we talking, though? Like, can he be a champion? I mean, it's a tough division to say that in just because there's so many guys that you think can be a champion. It's the deepest division uh, in the sport for a reason. Like everybody basically up into the top 10, you feel like, yeah, there's an argument there. There's something there that could say this guy could could hold the belt. But Song Yudong has uh, done a great job. Um, I don't know if he's quite done the thing to to stand out because I think that is also part of this. We talked about this with Marab. It's not about just winning, but you got to win and stand out. And I don't know if he necessarily has that yet. But uh, as far as talent's concerned, yeah, I definitely think that's there. I got a guy that stands out when he wins and he knocks your ass out, Khalil Roundtree. That oh was my God. scary. What he did to our boy Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, also a friend of the show, joined us for like a half hour interview one time. He was just chilling like Bob Dylan. I didn't even realize we were going so long with him. I put a little bit of money on Lionheart because I like him, and I did not win that money. And then I was a little worried about it, man. He was shaking around like a fish. You know, I don't do the this guy should retire very much with fighters because I don't think there. It, I don't I don't like to do that. I don't even like to do it with somebody like Tony Ferguson. I get why people, uh, you know, feel bad for guys and don't want to see them get hurt anymore. But yeah, Anthony Lionheart Smith's taking some vicious beatings. I mean, he really has. It's not like when when he loses, first of all, he's, I mean, lives up to the nickname. He's as tough as they come. So it, it's really hard to put him away. So when you do, it's usually very, very vicious. And if you don't, I mean, hell, the guy's fighting so hard, he's losing teeth. Like he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, 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 has insane, insane moxie and fortitude to get through these things. He's 35. It's not ancient, but he's been in so many hard wars. So I do wonder for him, who's, I think for my money, one of the better guys on the desk in the broadcast booth that they have. I wonder how much more uh, he wants to to put in the table because it does feel like, you know, when you lose to Khalil Roundtree and you've lost Anka alive and you lost it, like how far away is he from actually getting back to a title shot? It feels like a while. Like, I don't even think that they're going to do when we did have him, he was a backup fighter. I don't even think they're going to knock on his door for that anytime soon. So very curious to see what the, uh, what future lies for Anthony Smith. He's now all the way down to uh, the bottom of the top 10, but you know, we'll, we'll see that's because that does, the division does feel like it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of sharks in it with, uh, you know, the champ of Bahada and Jamal Hill's health and still got Yuri and Ankalaev and Alexander Rockage, if he can get a damn fight. So there's a lot of talented guys there. I don't necessarily know, where the path is for Lionheart. 
you're a bigger boxing guy out of the two of us. And I know historically there have been a lot of boxers. I mean, that's how we get the term thrown in the towel because these guys are too tough for their own good. Most of the time in the UFC, it makes martial arts altogether. Maybe it's because you can choke a guy out or you can put him in a Kimura. You know, there's different ways to win fights opposed to in boxing. It feels like generally the guys aren't too tough for their own good. Most of the time they understand. It feels like Anthony Smith, I hope he's listening to this segment, and we love him. He's definitely too tough for his own good, and he's also too damn stubborn. Somebody needs to get in his ear, and he needs to listen because he is really good at what he does. But the truth is, if he keeps getting his teeth kicked in, literally and figuratively like he did on Saturday night, dude, it ain't going to be good. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to see, man. And I, and I do think that we see... The UFC, there are certain guys that they're really, really good to, and they're going to continue to give fights to. And then there's some guys that are going to get cut right away. He's never going to get cut. I mean, he's been one of the best company that's guys. Good to. That's not good to. To me, that's if, hanging on too long. Somebody should have told Tony Ferguson. And when I say somebody, Dana or Hunter or somebody high up, should have brought him to the office and said, dude, we'll give you a, 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 maybe not the same position that Chuck Liddell got, but whatever the next step down is, you know, we'll give you a five figure salary and we'll give you a desk in a corner. But, dude, you got to be done fighting. Somebody you, has to say that to him. You can't give Tony Ferguson a desk job. Like, imagine Tony Ferguson in a cubicle. He's going to try and do, like, reverse push-ups on it. And, I like, know, but you have to. wall kicks off of it. You can't. What do you imagine Tony Ferguson's going to show Go up? Through, and, like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, like, he's going to. What is he going to do? Show up at the coffee at the coffee <laughs> corner? Like, uh, dark roast today, boys. What do you think? Like, you no, know, I'm right, though. That's crazy See, enough that Forrest Griffin funny, is doing that. I'm, I'm right. not being funny about it. Like, not everybody, they can't give everybody a desk job. It's not how it works. I'm just saying, with with a guy like Anthony Smith, it does feel like I just don't know what, what else is there for Anthony Smith. And Anthony Smith already seems like he does have the job that he's really good at after this. He's very, very good. Bro he's a very good broadcaster. Um, not everybody is going to be a good broadcaster. Not everybody. He has that down. He's one of the better guys that they got on that desk. Um, and I just think that if it's, not, if he's not going to fight, if he's not going to retire, I definitely think after a loss like that, take a while off, you know, dude, hang him up. Brendan Tobin sports machine. Sean Levine coming up in the final segment. We make some money together. The method to the madness. We pick all the fights of UFC 296 right here on tapped out. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Main event, Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. As of right now, the time of this recording, Leon is a minus 160 favorite at BetMGM. Colby is an underdog at plus 130. I'm going to tell you who's going to win and how's, how he's going to win. And I feel great about this one. This is your Levine's lock, but first, Brendan, how you see this fight going down? I know, like the the. I feel like the safest way to pick this fight is by decision because neither one of these guys are huge knockout artists. Um, and probably, you know, there's a sanity in picking Colby. I'm actually kind of surprised he's a he's a slight dog right now. I, I would have figured, I would have figured Leon was going to be a slight dog going into this one because I do figure. Usually when we do odds, I'm telling you guys, 99 out of 100 times, the guy who has the grappling advantage is the favorite just because there's just a better path to go get rounds. You take a guy, you hold him down, and it just looks better to the judges. They're they're just, and, and so if we're talking about decision fighters, it's an easy thing to score. So I am surprised that Kobe is an underdog. But I'm picking Leon Edwards, and I'm taking him by KO. There we go. I'm picking them four to one. I'm gonna. I'm not putting a ton on it, but I'll put a little something on it. And okay. We'll see what hits. But I'm taking Leon Edwards by by knockout. It's like it's flirting with four to one right now. I think it'll probably be even, be even fatter by the time we get to uh, to fight night. And uh, that's the way I'm playing it. He says headshot dead. All right. So he has Leon with the knockout, which obviously he is very capable of doing. You said it was boring. You said that a lot of people were going to put their money on it. And that is me because that is how the fight is going to go down. Colby's going to win this fight by decision. And actually, you can get kind of good money on it right now. It's plus 225. And honestly, surprised by that. 
feet to the fire, if you ask me, Sean, what's the most likely outcome for this fight to finish? I would tell you Colby, and he wins probably three rounds to two since it's a five-round fight. So plus 225, I like the odds on it, although I also like the brass that you have on you to take Leon by knockout. All right, Brandon Royval, raw dog, back in the octagon, plus 155 underdog, taking on the champion Alejandre Pantoja at minus 190. I actually think that one goes the other way, where the champion gets some respect on fight night and probably goes off at two to one. Are you willing to pay that? Uh, not straight up, but I I I think that you know we've seen this dance before, and Alejandre won this fight by submission before. I think Roy Val is an absolute badass. I mean, there's some, if you think that he can do something, he's, I mean, he's a fast, get some sick finishes. There's some KO props that are like plus 350 for him to win by that. But, you know, I'm going to take it a, a little bit. Better. I think Pantoja gets the win by submission. It's plus 145 right now. And uh, I think that that's where he's going to rock. I think that he's, uh, he gets it. He keeps his belt and uh, wins this one and brings it back to uh, the, the belt stays at ATT. Yeah, no. In the words of the great no. late ODB, baby, I like it raw. Raw dog, man. I'm telling you, Brandon Roy Vall stays in the winning streak, and I like that plus 350. I think he finishes the fight, and I think Roy Vall by knockout, and he takes the belt. I actually think that he's been good enough to be the champion for the last few years. All right, I'm pretty sure we're both on the same side. Shavkat Rachmanov, a minus 600. He said a minus 600 favorite versus Wonderboy. We both have Rachmanov, right? I know it pains yeah. you. I know, I know it pains you, but you're trying yeah. to make some money here. Wonderboy by KO is plus 1,200. 1,200? Plus 1,200. Say it again? 1,200? Plus 1,200. Ooh, he's knocking out a couple of people. <laughs> he can knock people. Oh, oh, okay. I hear you. I That's mean, good odds. I'm being serious. That's good odds. Honestly, Wonder Boy by points. Wonder Boy by points is uh, nine to one right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. No, Shopkot. If you give him three rounds, he'll he'll take off his head somehow, one way or another. I, I agree with you. I love Wonder Boy, uh, and I, and I would love the storybook ending. This is a crazy fight for him to take. I can't believe that he agreed to it. That shows the brass ones on him. Um, but I've been a Shavkat guy. I think that he wins this one. I'm going to take him actually by submission. I think he, I think he, uh, he chokes him out. I actually have a, the opposite opinion. I'm surprised that Shavkat took the fight. Yeah, it's Wonder Boy, future Hall of Famer. But what do you have by what do you gain by beating him? Everybody always already thinks the world of you. If you're Wonder Boy, you win this fight. You fight for the title, dude. He's got everything to gain. I think the reason you take it is because first of all, uh, he's he's from Kazakhstan. So you don't understand him. You just know he wears a cool ass hat to the, uh, he does have a great hat to the, uh, to the octagon. I think you do it. Cause you know, that, sh that Steve Wonderboy Thompson is going to talk you up all week. He's a very classy guy. And he goes, yeah, you know, I'm crazy for taking this one. So I feel like you use it as uh, you know, wonder boy being your PR guy all week. The NMF as they call wonder boy. Yeah. Shavkat knocks him out round one. You can get good money on it too. Right now at bet MGM five to one that he gets knocked out in the first round. And again, I think that's probably the most likely thing to happen because wonder boy is willing to get into a firefight. Even in the past when he's knocked guys out, it's not like, well, there've been a couple of cases where he's knocked guys out late, but also he's knocked guys out in the first round. He's knocked guys out in the middle of a fight. He's always looking to strike. So I think it's a fight that stays on his feet, which sometimes is good for wonder boy. I think it's good for shot coming up on Saturday in Vegas. This one, again, I have no idea which way you're going. Minus 300 right now at BetMGM. Patty the Batty is the favorite against everybody's favorite fighter. El Kakui, Tony Ferguson, as an underdog at plus 240. Yeah. You know, dude. Do I'm it. Be I'm betting on El Kakui. There you I'm go. I'm doing it. I, I, I just, you know, I can't. I, my heart couldn't get me to, to Wonder Boy because that's nuts. But there's just something about Tony. You know, maybe it's the the training with Goggins. I don't know. But I think Tony is going to get it done. And, I, you know, something even tells me I think he's going to choke him out. I think he's going to choke him out. He's going to do – we're going vintage El Kukui in this one. I think Patty the Batty exposed in this fight. Exposed. Wow. I think the train ends. I think that Patty the Batty is going to go home. Patty the Saddy. Oh. And we got to move on and just say – Hey, we apologize to El Kukui, and he is he's all the way back back.
Wow. Dude, the crowd would go nuts. That would probably be the most popular thing that could pop. Oh, my God. That, that'd be more popular than anything that could happen in Colby versus Leon, because I'm curious how the crowd is rooting for that one. You'd think at some point they get behind the American, which is Colby. But, dude, you want to talk about an American taking out a guy from overseas. If Tony Ferguson does what you're talking about and chokes out Patty Pimblett, the roof is going to come off T-Mobile in Las Vegas. But I'm here to tell you that ain't going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I think Patty knocks him out. I think Tony's. Yeah, I think Tony's. Here's the thing. Patty needs a big time, popular finish, win type, real convincing. Because last time out, he got the win, but we all know that he shouldn't have. I also think we've seen that it takes Patty a while sometimes, right? He's not one of those guys that comes out really good, hot, hot as a starter. He's a little slow. So give me Patty knockout in round three. A couple of those finishes, I'm thinking the Bobby Green fight, the Nate Diaz fight, they went pretty deep until Tony got finished. So I think Tony gets finished again by knockout. Patty in the third at 16 to 1 odds. Good odds on that one. 16 to 1 plus 1600. Patty, third round knockout. Minus 375 is Ian Machado Gary versus the underdog Vicente Luque at plus 280. How's this fight going down? Is it going to finish? Man, that's a good question. Uh, These guys know each other so well. I don't think it's going to finish. I think that Machado Gary is going to end up winning by decision. Um, But, you know, it would be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how Machado uh, Gary handles this week and see if Ian is like looking to make a statement because of what everybody's been saying and a lot of pressure on him. but two guys who know each other, obviously very well, they've, they've, uh, they've trained together. Um, but I'm going to go with the young guy. I think he gets the win. I think he finishes it. Uh, I think he finishes it though on the scorecards. I don't think he gets the finish. Is that because of what happened last time? Cause Ian Garrett felt like he could have finished his last fight and he was almost like the snake playing with the mouse. Like dude, just eat him. That's why I think Ian Gary wins by decision also at plus 180 because for whatever reason, he doesn't feel like he wants to finish fights. Sometimes he feels like he just wants to be in there. I just think that the reason I'm going that way is just because I think that these guys know each other so well. And so I think that Luke can survive the onslaught. I think he knows his opponent. Um, and I think he's a little bit better than, than Neil Magny. I think that this is just a, a little bit of a step up. He's more well-rounded. Uh, you got to be wary of some more things because he can finish you on the feet. He can submit you. Like if you get caught in something, Luke is dangerous, dude. I mean, Luke is, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that was kind of on the fringe of contending a lot like um, Benil Daryush at lightweight. Like he was kind of like everybody's little darling. And then he got hurt. He had a, he had a, was it, was it something, an aneurysm or something like that. He had like some kind of a thing that held him out and he just never quite been the same since, but Mind you, this guy has skills. I mean, he's really, really talented. He is really dangerous. He's got experience. I just think that uh, the young line is going to go safe on this one. And Magni, I mean, uh, uh, Gary is going to win this one, but it's going to be on the cards. All right. A couple of other really fun fights, not on the main card. I want to get your thoughts on before we wrap things up. Bryce Mitchell, our guy, minus 225 versus our other guy, multiple times on the show, Josh Emmett, the underdog at plus 185. Where's your money going? Good question, man. I'm going strictly with Josh Emmett just because he's the dog. I think that, you know, it's interesting that um you have uh you have Bryce Mitchell almost in the same position that he was in when Taporia was the late replacement. And he goes, I didn't want to replace that. And then he was all of a sudden he went from the favorite to the dog like overnight, and it was true. Yeah, he got his ass whooped. Yeah, he really did. I don't know, man. You know, with Bryce Mitchell. It's interesting. I want to know how much he's growing and how much he's improving. Obviously, he's uh, he's a bit of a fan darling because of the camo shorts, twist of the bowl. He's adorable to talk to sometimes. Uh, eats chickens right out of the tap. Eat chicken eggs right out of the tap. So do you. Uh, yep. Try that on the show. Didn't go well for me. Nope. Um, I just like Emmett as a dog. He's like perennial puncher's chance. You know that he's got those nukes in his hand. And I think that that could be trouble for Bryce Mitchell. If Bryce Mitchell gets out of the first round, he'll probably win. But I think that Josh Emmett can finish this one early. Emmett member was fighting for a chance to win the title not that long ago. Plus 185 underdog money. Bryce Mitchell by Twister. I don't know what kind of odds you can get on that, but they got to be pretty good. All right, last one. Cody Garbrandt, a favorite minus 200. I got to say, man, 
I can't believe Cody's a favorite against anybody these days, taking on Brian Kelleher at plus 165. Are you looking at that number like I am and going, I'll just play the underdog? Um, I love Cody. Best tattoos in the game. You know, look, he's back at he's back at 135 for this one. So and, and? Yeah, it's better. He got a win last time. It's not like he's uh, he's not in Tony Ferguson land where he's like lost six in a row. That's fair. Keller is solid. I mean, it's it, it's not taking on like you know an absolute. But you're taking on a solid guy. I don't know how dangerous he is all around. I think this is a winnable fight for Cody. I just think he's the more talented guy. So I'm going with no love to keep it going and put a couple in the row. I'm going with Brian Kelleher to do what a lot of people have done, which is knock out Cody in the second round. That's kind of been the common denominator. What a fun card. Main event UFC 296. Leon Edwards, a minus 160 favorite against Colby Chaos Covington. For my co-host, Brendan Tobin, and my producer, Jake Nowaker, we appreciate the legendary Marcel Dorf for stopping by. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Enjoy the fights, and we'll catch you next week right here. What, like, Pat. when you go with these guys that are so chaotic, one of the boys, like, dealing with a violent fight like that, how do you tap into the instincts, man? Like, we've seen guys like Poirier yourself, like, when it's, like, bloody and you got to, like, just take down you versus damn Holland. Like, how do you keep technique when it is kind of just, like, at that animalistic part of round four, round five, and, and you still got to get through this damn thing? Man, it's part of training, you know, the, the the conditioning process that we all as fighters go through. You kind of get accustomed to taking the punishment, dishing it out. You know, you spend years being the nail before you become the hammer. And when you're out there in a fight, yeah, you may get cut or you may end up breaking a hand, but you, you realize that, you know, you have a job to do out there and you got to do what it takes to get it done. And you can't give up, you know. It's one of those, like they said, you got to – either come back with your shield or you come back on it. And that's the kind of mindset you have to have when you step out there in the cage. It's that gladiator mindset. So you kind of tap into that whenever you're out there fighting.